Switched on IT is proudly brought to you by computer troubleshooters to Wimble West and Oz Hosting, Cloud Made Easy. Welcome to Switched on IT. I'm Barry. This is the show where we talk about everything IT. In this coronavirus and the lockdown, lots of businesses have been struggling with keeping either uh, open at all or the ability to be able to sell their product because their stores are closed. Now, last week, we talked a little bit about building a website. Businesses are getting to the point now where they're realizing that having a website is really, really crucial. But a website without the ability to sell your product is like having a big poster up outside. So today, Doug and Ray are going to talk about how to build an e-commerce site where you can sell your product and even if your physical store is closed for some reason like lots are during this crisis, you can still sell your product because you have an effective e-commerce store. Now, Doug and Ray are with us today. Uh, I'm sure that they're online now. Welcome, gentlemen. Hi there. Good day, so, Ray, um, what are the steps that a business needs to take in order to ensure that they not only have an e-commerce site, but they have an e-commerce site that can actually be found by Google and by their customers? Well, what we're going to talk about today, I think Doug and I are going to cover the functions of really thinking about how to approach the launch of an e-commerce site. Uh, then we're going to talk about the different e-commerce platforms that we generally recommend to folks. Uh, not that there aren't others out there, but we can talk about some of the important features that they should have uh, so that your site can launch effectively and efficiently the first time. And, uh, and then some tips for getting the site launched and found by Google and the other search engines, but also by customers generally. And so I think that'll uh, pretty much be the... the uh, the agenda for today's uh, meeting. So, um, Doug, where should businesses start when they're approaching the concept of an e-commerce store? Where, where, where do you think they should start generally, or specifically? Sure. <laughs> I think there's a number of different um, scenarios that that we could imagine when when people are saying, "Okay, it's it's time for me to consider an e-commerce site." Um, one is going to be is is this an existing business where you're just going to sell your services online, or it might be a, a completely new business. Um, then there's the consideration of branding and all the all the brand collateral that you might already have, which you know, be it your, your trademarks, your images, your logos, um, pictures of inventory, inventory items, those kinds of things. Um, and then there's also the security elements in terms of um, you know, if it's if it's physical product, um, uh, is it is it really valuable? What is the sort of the payment mechanism? Do you have a uh, returns capability? Those sorts of things. So I thought maybe we could we could just step through some of these kind of considerations and maybe start with you know what what are the considerations if it's a, an existing business versus it's it's completely brand new. So you know I thought maybe Ray um, let's let's address those particular factors. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one of the first things that I always think about is that if it's an existing business, are we extending an existing brand? And if that's the case, is there going to be work that needs to be done on the existing brand? Like, is it going to be, you know, ABC 
you know, company store? Um, and is that going to be now the uh, the brand for the e-commerce solution, as opposed to uh, just keeping the current and existing brand and just plopping it onto the e-commerce store. Um, it, it just depends upon the business. It's a very, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, something that needs to be considered uh, from many different angles and, and thought about. And then, of course, if it's a brand new business, there needs to be a brand uh, that usually requires coming up with a new domain, uh, even with an existing business. There may be the need to uh, to register a new domain. Uh, it, you know, some businesses decide to do a subdomain, basically store.abccompany.com. And uh, so then it becomes a subdomain of that particular business, even though it redirects to maybe a different tool. Uh, maybe it's a different part of the website. But the goal is to uh, extend the brand in a way that makes sense for the consumer so that they're finding the, the uh, e-commerce solution easily. So if it's a new brand, you might choose uh, you know, that kind of, of domain. If it's a, if it's an, I'm not sure what I just said, but if it's an existing brand, you would think uh, you know, choosing a subdomain or a subdirectory for the, for the e-commerce solution. If it's a brand new business or it's the first time you're going online, generally you may choose to uh, take a, an e-commerce name uh, for the domain that's a little bit more expressive of the fact that it's a, it's a place where you can shop. Uh, so for example, you might take a top level domain that is something like .store or .shop or something like that. I'm, I'm looking up now um, which TLDs are available for those. I think, um, I think there's a, t a, a, a top level domain for store. Um, and I and there may be one for dot shop. Yeah, there's there's both of those. So you could take you know um, ABC Company dot store and ABC Company dot shop. If you're brand new and nobody else has ever uh, you know seen the business in that capacity, um, then that's perfectly you know doable. Uh, whereas if you're an existing business with ABC.com, then uh, ABCCompany.com, then you you might want to uh, you know choose that domain for ABC Company dot shop dot store or make it abccompany.com uh, forward slash store or forward slash shop, and that be where you install the e-commerce solution. Yeah, and without getting too granular, um, I guess one of the questions is, if you were to use a subdomain, you know, store.abc.com.au versus using a different domain being abc.store, um, are there any um, Google SEO getting found uh, implications to either strategy? Is it better to have the subdomain or a separate domain entirely? So there are actually three choices there, right? We would have the subdomain, we would have a separate domain, or we would have a subdirectory, right? Uh, the, the forward slash yeah. after uh, the TLD. Um, Google yeah. generally likes having the site structured in subdirectories. Uh, so in those two cases, uh, the, the best option would be a, a totally separate domain, because then you would have a different URL sending links back and forth between two separate domains, which would increase its uh, search engine optimization on that level. Uh, if you're gonna use the same domain, uh, then a, a subdirectory would be better than the CNAME record, uh, but that's a complication because if you are using a different tool, say for example, my main website is built with WordPress, but I'm gonna use a different e-commerce platform completely where it's um, self, you know, it's fully hosted for me and, and so on and so forth, um, like the tools we're gonna be talking about shortly, I. I can't have a subdirectory where I have 
uh, abccompany.com forward slash store without doing a fairly clunky uh, redirect or forward. Um, you could do it, but it really wouldn't be clean, um, as clean as it could be. So we would then use a CNAME record or a subdomain uh, for that purpose. And in which case, it, the, the impact to the business's uh, search engine optimization is minimal anyway um, in that regard. So you really wouldn't be um, overly impacted by doing a store or a shop.abccompany.com. Uh, but yeah. in, in terms of best to worst, uh, you'd still go uh, separate domain, uh, subdirectory, and then subdomain. Right, okay, interesting. Um, and then another consideration is uh, the, the, the type of, if the business has got you know, physical inventory, um, are there any considerations here in terms of you know, the, the initial setup? Because I guess one of the, you know, one of the factors is um, where is all the product? Do we have our hands on it? How do we ship it? Um, and, and do we have uh, you know, images of, of all the products? So there, um, what, what are you sort of typically seeing there when, when customers come to you and say, I need to set up an e-commerce site? Yeah, very much depends upon the the type of tool um, that you're using, and so we'll we'll get to that shortly. Uh, but um, you have three different types of businesses, really, when it comes to e-commerce. Uh, you have those that are um, using turnkey solutions, so you are in essence reselling someone else's product. Uh, you know, you're you're um, having it either white labeled or relabeled um, for purposes of of putting your branding on it, and then there's the, then they're going to be delivered on on your behalf, all by this other business. Um, and, and handled for you, in which case you don't handle inventory. Um, you're just basically uh, reselling that product and having the front end website for that product. You then have a uh, product-based business where you hold inventory, uh, you, are, you are handling all of those pieces and you are then you know, doing fulfillment yourself. You need to make sure that you have the ability to hold inventory, uh, keep track of inventory, and then of course um, ship and, and deliver those, uh, those items to clients. Uh, ship and or deliver those items uh, to clients. Um, and then you have drop shipping businesses, which is a, a little bit of a, a variation on a white label or reselling business where in essence you might have one or many different sources of, of products. And when someone puts an order through your website, then they are of course getting the, um, the, the fulfillment done by many different parties, right? So a white label or a resale environment has just one source for all of your products with your names on it. Uh, whereas uh, a, a drop shipping business may have many different products and many different brands underneath it that are being delivered uh, ultimately. So those are considerations you need to take, uh, take hold of before you ever choose a platform. Uh, because if you don't know what you're going to be selling and how you're gonna be selling it, how you're gonna be fulfilling uh, those items, then you're not gonna know how to negotiate the contracts with those folks. And then ultimately, you're not going to choose the best platform for the business. Um, and then you flip the up to the other side, Doug, and you have all of the the uh, issues of uh, digital sales. Uh, that is, uh, digital uh, products, things that you're selling in a uh, that are that are digital assets. Um, and we're not going to talk really about services, like if you're going to deliver other kinds of, of services online, but specifically products where you're gonna provide a, a PDF download of an ebook, or if you were gonna provide some other kind of digital asset, say uh, if you were ordering something and I was going to then manifest a document or report or that, that kind of thing um, for a client, um, that's a kind of physical asset, a digital asset, so to speak, that, that has kind of a skeuomorphic or a physical representation. Um, those types of things where you wanna download 
uh, a license or some kind of piece of of something uh, to your system, you need to know how to uh, you know um, increment uh, the the usage of those items. And also, as you talked about at the top, you know there's a security element here, which is that if you um, purchase a PDF from a website, if it's not in some way, shape, or form secured, then I can just take that. PDF and send it along to my next five friends and they can send it along to their next five friends and so on and so forth. And those are lost revenues. So you really should take uh, to heart how you are going to deliver digital products and, uh, and provide those in a way that people can't actually pirate them. Uh, that includes video, uh, audio, and uh, things like uh, readable documents like PDFs. So you may choose a platform, uh, none of the ones that we're talking about today, uh, just because you may be concerned about piracy in that in that in that regard, um, and so you have to be con uh, you know sort of conscious and, and aware of the fact that uh, there are people who are who are not good people out there um, and uh, who are willing to take uh, something and and uh, steal it um, if they're able to. So you know just be be mindful of that as you're as you're approaching uh, launching the e-commerce solution. Sure. Okay, so that's some some good considerations in there. You know, your branding, whether you whether it's a, a new a new business or, or an existing business, um, what sort of collateral you already have in terms of your image library and so on, and, and the security aspect at the end there. Um, now, if we if we look forward and we say, okay, we we thought through all those implications, and and now what we need to do is choose an e-commerce platform. There's 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 quite a few platforms out there, but I guess you know we're we're just going to deal with the with, with the dominant ones. Um, I'd say, in a broad sense, you have two two choices. One is where the e-commerce platform, the content management system that you use to manage your e-commerce platform, and the hosting of the e-commerce platform is all provided by the by the one provider, and then the other option is is where you might be choosing a an e-commerce content management system but you could host that anywhere you choose and so i'd, I'd say maybe as, as a starting point maybe let's let's consider the pros and cons of those two different approaches to finding a hosting solution for your uh, for your e-commerce platform or a platform solution for your e-commerce business yeah, so I think that if you already have an existing business like a WordPress website or something like that, uh, many people will think about WooCommerce first. Uh, WooCommerce, of course, is the largest e-commerce uh, solution on the planet just because of the sheer install base. Uh, it's not for everyone, though, uh, but it is probably the most flexible and uh, you know um, available. Uh, it's free to install. I mean, you know, just you can just install it uh, immediately right now into your WordPress installation. I do not recommend that without planning, uh, but you can do it. Um, and it's uh, it's it's a very um, like I said, it's a very flexible tool. It allows you to be able to extend upon the plugin itself, so you can extend upon WordPress WooCommerce, which gives it uh, e-commerce functionality. But then you can extend WooCommerce's functionality with all kinds of permutations, uh, with additional extensions within the plugin. So it's like a a plugin within a plugin uh, that you can install um, many of them that you can then extend its abilities. Um, that does require pretty strong hosting. You know, you can't run an e-commerce solution on, uh, you know, kind of a, a, a very low level shared hosting plan. Uh, you need to have effective, um, uh, you know, business level hosting and uh, you need to be prepared for um, the load that the server is going to have for being able to handle that. Uh, but, you know, from my perspective, 
if you put uh, Magento website, which is another uh, uh, e-commerce content management system up against WordPress and WooCommerce, um, I, I tend to find that I'm much more comfortable seeing uh, clients use and um, adapt uh, to changing environments with regard to um, uh, e-commerce when it comes to WooCommerce. I just see the, the ability for them to be able to very quickly get a marketplace running or uh, very quickly start a membership site or very quickly go and launch an, a virtual event registration page all using WooCommerce that if they were going to try and do that with Magento, they're not going to have that flexibility. And while Magento is very slick and a very nice platform, if you're not having it professionally produced, uh, by us, uh, you know, professional developers, uh, you're you're really going to run into a lot of problems, uh, and so I really tend to feel like those two, those are the two kind of you know competitors in that market for the most part. And I tend to recommend WordPress with WooCommerce if you're going to self-host your e-commerce solution over uh, Magento uh, almost every time, um, unless they're they're building a really big site, you know, you know, like Amazon level type site. Yeah. I think one of the uh, uh, key differences that, that has been fed back to me between um, WordPress, WooCommerce, and Magento is the, um, the, the functionality around uh, freight rates and being able to quote uh, different freight rates, including international shipping, and that, that Magento might be better or might have better plugins available to, to achieve that. Have you, have you bumped into any consideration like that? Um, that that may have been you know uh, WooCommerce of yesteryear, uh, but today WooCommerce has the functionality to be able to do lots of different new pieces. I mean, they've been updating it very recently um, with some very um, you know sleek uh, abilities. Uh, WooCommerce is going to have some levels of, uh, of of limitations just because they're building it for so many more websites than Magento. Uh, but um, the reality is is that if there's something that can't be done, it's probably pretty easy to make uh, WooCommerce uh, do it um, today that I think maybe um, in even just a couple of years ago, uh, it probably couldn't do. But they've put a lot of effort into it to make it um, make it comparable in terms of, of uh, calculating uh, shipping regions, taxes, uh, and uh, different kinds of, of you know, uh, payment types uh, for uh, WooCommerce. Yeah, okay. Um, that, so, so that's the, so we, we're talking about, you know, Magento and, and WooCommerce. Oh, now one other consideration just with Magento is, is the purchase by Adobe of, of the Magento open source platform. Um, is there, so, so presumably it's, it's going to become reasonably expensive, certainly more expensive than it was, which was pretty close to free. Um, What's your what's your perception on on where it's going to finish up cost wise versus uh, WooCommerce? You know, um, you know, Magento ha Magento has a community version. Um, I'm I'm not sure how long the community. I'm, I'm presuming the community version will stay uh, where it, where it's at. Uh, but in terms of Adobe wanting to make a a profit on the e-commerce solution, that is, I'm presuming their end game. They didn't buy it for. I think it was $1.6 billion they bought it for. Uh, so they didn't spend nearly uh, $2 billion uh, not to make money off of the platform. So, um, so they're going to they're gonna charge you know, a pretty rate. I'm presuming that's going to be uh, medium-sized to enterprise-level businesses. And most people are, are likely going to use Magento in the community edition um, that are going to be smaller businesses who are hiring 
uh, professional developers who then can uh, you know, know how to use the community edition uh, and then provide support for it. So in, in, in that case, um, I don't really see a lot of difference in the, in the um, cost um, for what Magento is currently and what Magento will be in the future. Uh, maybe there are differences. I just, I have not, I've not interacted enough in that world uh, to, to really know um, that myself. Right. Okay. Um, and so that, that's the, you know, I guess the, uh, the, the versions of an e-commerce e platform that, that one can build and, and choose their own hosting solution, if you like. And, and I certainly take on board what you say about having a, you know, a robust um, hosting solution, probably with dedicated virtual private server where you can control the, you know, the storage, the, uh, you know, the CPU cores and the RAM and, and basically the, the, the compute power of the server on which you're hosting your, your own e-commerce platform. Doug and Ray, uh, I think that we will take us to a break now and when we come back we'll talk perhaps about some of the other uh, platforms. We'll go to a break now and we'll see you on the other side of the break. Hi, this is Sarah and Bron showing off our height safety at Hip Pocket Toowoomba. Harnesses, roofers kits, anchor points, we have walls full. We can tag your gear too. Get the right gear for the right job. At Hip Pocket, we rock it. If you've lost your income or had a change of earning capacity through no fault of your own and are struggling with debt that you can no longer handle, you probably feel a bit like this ant. If the struggle is getting you down and you feel overwhelmed, there is an answer. Central Liaison has helped thousands of people break free of the debt struggle by handling their debt for them. Freeze all interest, stop the harassing calls from the bank and start enjoying life again. Call them today on 0409 344 070 for a confidential, obligation-free chat about how Central Liaison can help you take your life back. The number again, 0409 344 070. Call them now. Is your computer driving you crazy? Is it slow or doing things you didn't expect? Well, having a computer crash or pick up a virus can be a complete nightmare for a business, so having someone local you can trust to get you up and running again is critical. The dedicated team of experts at Computer Troubleshooters Toowoomba West will put your mind at ease from the moment you walk through the door and will get your problem solved in no time with a 100% guarantee on their work. Laptops, tablets, PCs, whatever you have, Roger and the team can fix it for you. So visit them today at 236 Bridge Street, Newtown. Can't get in to see them? No worries. Just call them on 46421331 and they'll come to you. Toowoomba Troubleshooters, Toowoomba West, on the web at www.computertroubleshooters.com.au forward slash Toowoomba West. Looking for exposure for your next event or function? Take your next community event, training seminar, sports event, official opening, function, concert or exhibition live to the world with PTV Channel O and Power FM's unique live simulcast. We can turn your next local event into a worldwide sensation for a fraction of what you would expect to pay. No matter what the event, PTV Channel O and Power FM can take your message to our audience. Invite the world to your party by phoning 0431 390 or email feedback at ptvchannelo.com. Um, 
Ray, that's a that, that's a great sort of summary of the of the platforms that you would uh, self you know self host or, or obviously arrange you know professional hosting services for. And then we've got the other the other variant, which where where the hosting is all done for you. So you go to to the uh, to the business where they say is the content management system to, to manage your e-commerce platform, and it's all hosted by us. So and and the the prime examples of that would be. Um, uh, Shopify and Squarespace, but I was wondering if you might just take us through the other variants that are out there and what your perspective is on the reasons why you would choose them and, and why you might actually give them a miss and go for something like Magento or WooCommerce. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I had this conversation uh, with a client today, which is that, uh, you know, there's Shopify, uh, big commerce, and then of course there are the CMS solutions, the content management solutions that are, are that are hosted for you, uh, like Squarespace and Wix, uh, that provide you uh, kind of you know a a, a version of e-commerce uh, for you to be able to use out there. And so the the real criteria is is how big do you anticipate the store being is kind of one criterion uh, that should always be considered when you are trying to launch an e-commerce store. Uh, if you are if you're dealing with uh, uh, a very small inventory, just a couple of products, maybe up to 25 or 50 products, it's not gonna be really a problem for you to use your existing Squarespace or existing Wix account to be able to do that. Uh, and uh, you're gonna be probably fine if you have one product, not very many choice uh, choices, and you're just delivering uh, directly by you to those to those customers by shipping them or local delivery. Uh, once you get beyond those abilities, uh, then you're going to run up against some problems with using a solution that wasn't built for e-commerce. Uh, so you know th the platforms keep building new infrastructure and new capabilities and so on and so forth, and those are all really great and welcome features. Uh, but if you are running really a serious uh, e-commerce solution. Uh, then you really need to e-commerce business. You really want to be focusing on using a tool that is built for it, um, and that's where Shopify or something like BigCommerce then comes along. Um, and and what I've learned uh, before we got started recording is that there is a a um, an Australian uh, e-commerce solution I hadn't heard of before, uh, and I believe you, Barry, have had some experience with that. Yes, that's right. The uh, solution that uh, I was using, uh, because it's Australian-based and has uh, good Australian support right here, is Neto, N-E-T-O. And uh, it functions pretty much like Big Commerce. I've actually used Big Commerce as well. But uh, some, of the, uh, some of the features of the uh, Big Commerce site, like the support, from an Australian perspective, are a bit clunky. So uh, Nito has a much better, and of course, the other thing is that um, when you're paying for your uh, e-commerce site, if you're using something like BigCommerce, you're paying in US dollars. So it's more expensive in Australia, whereas because Nito is an Australian-based company, you're actually paying directly in Australian dollars, so you know what you're paying for up front. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good consideration uh, to take a, take to heart when you're when you're thinking about the dollars and cents of profit margin uh, when it comes to some, especially when you're dealing with uh, you know uh, thin margins uh, in drop selling. 
uh, drop shipping businesses or um, in in a reseller environment where you where you have slim margins. Um, even in some physical product businesses, you're going to have uh, low markup, and so you got to be careful about those things. Uh, and so then, of course, your e-commerce solution be able should be able to take payments in uh, many different varieties. Uh, Whereas maybe Squarespace and Wix are going to be able to take payments in, uh, say, uh, you know, several different types of credit cards and maybe a couple different payment types, uh, you're going to have Shopify and other tools that are going to allow people to pay in, uh, say, Amazon Pay or Google Pay and Apple Pay. Uh, I, I really highly uh, recommend anybody serious about e-commerce to make sure that their solutions allow for these kinds of things, uh, because if I have money in my Amazon uh, pay in my Amazon account and I'm capable of using that on your website because you have Amazon pay enabled well that's just easier for me to make the payment right um, if you ha give me the ability to pay through PayPal uh, then I'm going to be, be able to more easily use the PayPal balance I have in my PayPal account if you allow me to use uh, Google pay or Apple pay now all I have to do is open up the item uh, press a, press the Google pay button uh, touch my finger uh, to the fingerprint sensor or using Face ID uh, to be able to have it uh, confirm my identif identification. And then the payment goes through and it handles all of that seamlessly for me. And so since a lot of, of e-commerce is now happening on a mobile device, you really want to be able to make it easy for people to get through that payment transaction. You also want to make sure that the platform is going to be able to not only uh, calculate taxes correctly, but also handle remittances, you know, remittances to the various taxing authorities for you um, if you um, don't have the infrastructure to be able to handle that stuff. Uh, you know, it's easy if you're getting just a couple of, uh, of orders a month, uh, but once you're getting hundreds or maybe thousands of orders a month on your e-commerce store, uh, it's going to become that much more difficult for you to manage all of the tax remittances that are necessary. Uh, certainly here in the States, I don't know about in Australia, uh, but we have to remit to uh, individual states. And, uh, and there are, there are you know, 50 states plus uh, individual territories. So we have to remit to all of those. And that can be quite uh, cumbersome for the business owner, uh, onerous in terms of a management perspective. Mm. Any other considerations, Doug, that you kind of consider? Yeah, um, I, I guess um, looking at these, uh, looking at these hosted platforms where it's an all-in-one, it's the it's the complete do it for me um, system. Um, you know, I imagine that that a lot of those considerations they've got a reasonably sophisticated solution for in terms of the payment options and handling currencies and um, uh, you know shipping options and, and freight calculations and so on um, are there are there any are there any sort of limitations to them that would sort of in a, in a way force somebody who has been using a platform like that to look further afield and say no I, I want to have something where I've got um, you know more control for example what are, what are the sort of considerations or factors that you you've seen that, that might sort of send people in that direction? Well, I'm probably a good example. You know, I have a WordPress installation that's very uh, beefed up. Uh, I have a digital, uh, you know, I have a digital course platform on my installation. Um, I have a membership, uh, you know, platform on my installation, and I'm running everything in that space. So all of my users are already there uh, with all of their, you know, various parts of their existence inside of that database. And so for me to take people away from that to go make additional purchases would just be a hard you know, turn 
um, you know, and potentially a hard turn off uh, for the consumer. So uh, in those cases, I just really don't want to make the uh, the the effort uh, to set up on a different platform to then uh, try and redirect people back and forth between two different places. Uh, since everybody can already do everything, uh, do many different things in this one place, why would I why would I choose to put uh, myself out there, even if it's you know probably a, a good experience for them on the e-commerce side? Uh, it's still too much of a change for them to go from having uh, everything else be, uh, you know, collected under a single domain, than to have to log into a different place and and manage their uh, purchases in a different place. So that ends up being one of the key factors that I see a lot of clients having the problem with is that they have a membership site, but now they want to add on uh, products that they can sell. Well, to decouple that and make people have to purchase in two different places is too much of a burden. Uh, for them and too much of a burden for the consumer. Um, the other side is that say you have the e-commerce store set up and now you want to add a membership website or you want to add a learning management system and sell digital courses or you want to add a blog um, or you want to add a podcast. Um, you know, many platforms like Shopify, you can add a blog, you can add a podcast. Is it going to be the best platform for that? Probably not. Uh, you know, I would always recommend using uh, a tool that is built for podcasting and that has all the pieces in place uh, for that. And again, you know, WordPress has uh, plugins that allow you to create a podcast uh, directly on the site and uh, you can host your media through many different podcast services. Uh, but, you know, PowerPress. Uh, plugin, the plugin that that I use for for podcast websites uh, is a WordPress plugin, and it's phenomenal. And why would you, uh, you know, sacrifice in that way when you've already got everything, you know, available to you there? So those are those kinds of things where, you know, I, you know, I, I probably am a little bit um, uh, not the I you know, the average person, because I'm a little bit techier than most people. Okay, maybe I'm a geek. Uh, <laughs> um, so I'm not going to be the I'm not going to be the ideal um, or the average person. Uh, but I think that once a business owner recognizes um, having all of their functionality and everything else uh, seamlessly integrated in one platform, uh, that you can continue to keep expanding, which is why I always ask businesses, the first thing I ask is, what do you where do you see the business going? What is what's the future of the business? And if they can tell me very clearly, listen, all I'm going to do is sell these lotions for the next 10 years and then I'm and then I'm exiting and I'm done. Then I have confidence in saying, you know what? You can use something very simple and something very easy and don't get too complicated with with, you know, building out a WooCommerce site and doing all of the work that's necessary to get it up and running. But the moment I start to hear inclination that they want to hold, uh, maybe have multiple uh, physical retail lo locations on top of having a, uh, an e-commerce solution where delivery happens in those multiple locations, uh, and maybe they want to have a membership site, maybe they want to sell uh, digital products uh, that are that have a little bit more sophisticated uh, uh, media management like audio and video. Uh, that's when I start to think uh, you're not going to be able to do that in any of the built for you you know, kind of plug and play tools, you're going to have to build that site yourself. And, uh, and then I start thinking at other thinking of other solutions and not not that Shopify, uh, or big commerce or Squarespace or Wix are the only um, of those, there are many other very, very um, customized or, you know, customized solutions uh, for doing those things. So if you're going to, you know, I, I don't want to think everybody 
should just choose only among those or WordPress and WooCommerce. There are many other platforms out there, but then you need to start doing your research in whether or not a specific platform is right for you because of industry. You know, there are real estate specific e-commerce solutions. Uh, there are manufacturing specific e-commerce solutions. So depending upon your industry and where you're really going, uh, then you really want to then make the right decision as to the platform you're going to choose. radio.com.au Oz Hosting is proud to support Switched On IT in bringing practical help to Australian businesses. We're talking to literally hundreds of businesses every day about their IT services, how to make them more efficient, how to make their businesses more efficient and how to protect their valuable data. If you'd like your IT services securely hosted right here in Australia and expertly managed, talk to Oz Hosting. Catch the TRL Footy Show every week on PTV Channel O for an in-depth analysis of the previous week's games plus a full preview of the upcoming round. Join our team of experts every Friday at 7pm and again before the TRL Game of the Week live on Saturday from 5pm. The TRL Footy Show is brought to you by Power FM and Hutchies Builders only on P- and, and having chosen the platform and we've got our website up and running, um, what are the tips that, that, that we should be giving our, our, our listeners and our viewers in terms of um, ongoing management of, the, uh, of their e-commerce site? In terms of, you know, the, the search engine optimization, should they use a uh, content, content distribution network, a CDN, um, the, 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 the use of blogs and other things just to, just to improve the, the, I guess, the effective, effectiveness of their, of their business model? Yeah, so, so I, I'll, I'll say there's probably uh, three or four things that I can think of uh, right off the bat. One is that before you launch your site, you need to test that thing. You need to battle test it and battle test it and battle test it until you know that uh, checkout works properly and that the various features, if you've got, if you've got upsells, uh, you know, if you've got interstitials that are, that are happening on the site, you, you need to make sure that those functions work before you go live. Uh, so if you're if you're using any solution, it doesn't matter whether it's a it's Shopify or WooCommerce or otherwise, you need to test to make sure that the way in which you set up the site is the way that you intended it to. Because uh, if you set it up wrong, then it, it will be the types of emails I get from from clients who uh, you know, they come to me and they say, you know, I was, I had this, uh, you know, website set up, it went live yesterday and now I've sold, you know, a hundred products with, you know, big promotion happening and, uh, and the wrong price was charged. So now I'm going to lose money on all of everything that I'm going to sell that I just sold today on my first day. Um, and, uh, those kinds of uh, things are not unique. They are not uncommon. And so I, I just try to impress upon everybody all the time. Uh, make sure it's set up correctly the first time because you do not want your big launch uh, to basically be the day you're going out of business. Uh, you know, it's a real tough, it's a real tough thing to to swallow when those types of things happen and they do happen. 
Um, so test, test, test. Second is uh, think about the uh, the search engine optimization that you're doing um, is for not just Google, uh, you know, Google Universal Search or you know you know, think of Bing or any of the other major search engines, what we're really thinking of is getting ourselves into the product search feeds of uh, product search uh, results, which are usually Google shopping and the spattering of, of Bing shopping and other types of places where they are a little bit different than your average Google search. So when I'm typing in searches for a product, I'm going to be typing in not just the product, but also potentially something that modifies that product. So for example, I'm not just going to type in shoes. I'm probably going to type in men's shoes or black men's dress shoes. And um, and so your your products and the way in which you set them up inside of the inventory in your e-commerce solution needs to represent those keywords that people are typing in. So we need to make sure that we're optimizing both imagery. They need to be uh, well lit, right? You want to have light. Um, you know, coming in and on all sides of the product. You want it to be against either a white background or a transparent background so that you can place that product on any background and it to be, it looks good. Um, think about how you would walk into a retail store and a product that's well lit on the, on the, on the shelf is going to look much more appealing to you than a product that's stuffed in a dark corner um, underneath, uh, you know, some, some dusty uh, window. You want that product to look good and you want it to be displayed well on the site. And good lit uh, photographs are the types of ways that we do that kind of display, uh, retail display uh, in an e-commerce solution. So make sure you have good photos, um, you know, multiple angles, well lit, and show me the product in the hands of the person you want to buy. Uh, so many times I see just a product uh, kind of like thud, you know, they just took a picture of it and it's just laying there very inert. Um, but what I would really love to see is that if you're selling something that someone you know your target audience uh, is supposed to be using, show me that person using that product. Uh, you know, spend a little bit of, of money, put the investment in to make sure that you've got an effective uh, photograph of the person who can um, look into the eyes of the camera and smile or whatever their emotion is supposed to be with your product and show that through the e-commerce solution. That's gonna increase sales and it's gonna make it a much better retail experience uh, for the buyer. Um, and then you're gonna, of course, have uh, the the uh, the language, the keywords on that inventory, that product page uh, to be, you know, keyword indexed. And um, and then I'll uh, then I'll I'll note also that you really want to make sure that you are in the Google product feed. Um, that is, you're in in the Google Merchant Center, so that when someone does a search, they can actually find your products. This is a specialized product feed uh, that you get from your e-commerce solution. That is like an RSS feed, if you know what that is for a blog or a podcast. And um, you feed this specialized uh, data into Google, and then Google knows how many products you have in inventory, where are they located if you have a retail location, um, different uh, you know, metadata associated with uh, color, uh, other options associated with that product, sizes, and so on and so forth if they're uh, clothing or, or other kinds of products that have sizes. So all of those pieces of data for your product get fed into Google, and then when do someone does a search, they can now find that through uh, Google Shopping. So you want to make sure you have yourself set up in, in the Google uh, Merchant Center for that. It's free to, add, to put yourself in there, and uh, it makes a real difference in making sure that you are found uh, by Google and the other search engines. That is a good tip.
I think we've covered some some really important ground here in in uh, you know getting going with e-commerce. I think we've we've, we've talked about the, the starting scenarios whether you've got an existing business, uh, whether it's a new business, if it's existing, whether you've got inventory or digital products, the security considerations, the different uh, e-commerce platforms that that you can um, uh, choose, and then we've and then we've covered off some some interesting. I guess tips and suggestions to make sure that the you know having created your e-commerce platform, you're really um, optimising the sales from it. Barry, um, have you got any other uh, considerations or, or factors you'd like us to, to to delve into today? Yes, thanks, Doug. Um, a couple of things. Not uh, one of them is a comment, the other one is a question. The first thing is. Uh, when I was working with clients building online stores, one of the things that I used to remind them is that when you are writing descriptions for products, you need to remember that you are not just writing for Google. You're writing for two audiences. You're writing for Google, so you need to have all the keywords and everything in your description. But your description is also your sales point. So you need to write your description so that when somebody's reading it, uh, it's like they've got a salesman in front of them saying to them, this is a terrific product, you need this, uh, uh, this is what it's going to do for you, and so on. So it's your sales pitch as well as your Google finding pitch. Now that's and one thing. Folks, is that you know? Remember that if your solution allows for video, uh, you should use that video to be the salesperson in uh, in the product page. And um, and you're absolutely right. You know, a product page text needs to be both uh, you know well optimized for keywords, but they also need to be human readable and persuasive. Yeah. Now the the other uh, thing that I wanted to ask is. Uh, today, uh, at least in Australia, there's a quite a large shift from credit-based purchases to afterpay purchases. Doug, do you know anything about the ability of some of these sites to deal with uh, payment systems like afterpay? Short answer is no. No, I don't. But I would imagine, I, you know, I certainly see a lot of afterpay signs in, in shop windows, uh, just on the, you know, the, the classic high street shopping centre um, walk. In, in terms of how well they're set up for for e-commerce, I, I couldn't say at this stage. Okay. If there's anybody out there watching this that knows something about the use of Afterpay in e-commerce, please uh, write to us, send us an email, or give us a call and let us know, and we'll pass that information on to the viewing audience. Doug and Ray, this again has been a really important session because uh, businesses, particularly during this pandemic, more and more need to be online and they need to be online with solutions that are actually going to help them stay in business. So thank you for your time today. Uh, we will see you again next week. Thanks, Barry. Take care. Well, there you have it. Uh, there's the solutions that are being suggested for your e-commerce store. Don't forget that if you missed last week's show, which was the show on uh, general website construction, 
you can always go back and have a look on our video on demand section. Uh, this show will be on video on demand so that if there was anything you missed in today's show, you can pick it up as well. And of course, every show is on video on demand. In addition, if you have any questions, uh, if you have any comments, things that you would like to add or something that maybe you would like to see on this show, be in touch with us either through our contact page on the website or send us an email to feedback at ptvchannelo.com and we'll get our expert panel to look at them for you. This is Barry. You've been watching uh, Switched On IT. We'll see you again next week.